Chapter 15 of Wolfbane by Frederick Pohl and C. M. Cornbluth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Tropile swam up out of the hammering blackness into daylight and pain. It hurt. He was being born again, coming back to life. And it had all the agonies of parturition, except that they were being visited upon the creature being born, himself. There were crushing blows at his temples that pounded and pained like no other ache he had ever felt. He moaned raspingly. Someone moved blurrily over his shut eyes. He felt something sting sharply at the base of his brain. Then it tingled, warming his scalp, comforting it, numbing it. Pain went slowly away. He opened his eyes. Four masked torturers were leaning over him. He stared, not understanding, but the eyes were not torturers' eyes, and in a moment the masks came off, surgical masks, and the faces beneath the masks were human faces, surgeons and nurses. He blinked at them and said groggily, Where am we? And then he remembered. He was back on earth. He was merely human again. Someone came bursting into the room, and he knew without looking that it was Hendel. We beat them, Tropile, Handel cried. No, cancel that. You beat them. We've destroyed every pyramid there was, and a nice hot fire they're making up there on the sun, eh? Beautiful work, Tropile, beautiful. You're a credit to the name of Wolf. The surgeons stirred uneasily, but apparently, Tropile thought, there had been changes, for they did no more than that. Tropile touched his temples fretfully and his fingers rested on gauze bandages it was true he was out of circuit the long reach of his awareness was cut short at his skull there was no more of the infinite sweep and grasp he had known as part of the snowflake in the nutrient fluid too bad he whispered hoarsely what handel frowned the nurse next to him whispered something and he nodded oh i see you're still a little groggy right well that's not hard to understand they tell me it was a tricky job of surgery separating you from that gunk the pyramids had wired into your head yes said tropile and closed his eyes though handel went on talking after a while tropile pushed himself up and swung his legs over the side of the operating table he was naked once that would have bothered him enormously but now it didn't seem to matter find me some clothes will you he asked i'm back i may as well start getting used to it glenn tropile found that he was a returning hero attracting a curious sort of hero worship wherever he went it was not he thought after careful analysis exactly what he might have expected for instance a man who went out and killed a dragon in the old days was received with great gratitude and rejoicing and if there was a prince's daughter around he married her fair enough after all and tropile has slain a foe more potent than any number of dragons but he tested the attention he received and found no gratitude in it it was odd what it was like most of all he thought was the sort of attention a reigning baseball champion might get in a country where cricket is the national game he had done something which everybody agreed was an astonishing feat but about which nobody seemed to care 
Indeed, there was an area of accusation in some of the attention he got. Item, nearly 90,000 erstwhile components had now been brought back to ambient life, most of them with their families long dead, all of them a certain drain on the limited resources of the planet. And what was Glenn Tropile going to do about it? Item, the old distinctions between citizen and wolf no longer made much sense now that so many componentized citizens had fought shoulder to shoulder with componentized sons of the wolf. But didn't Glenn Tropile think he had gone a little too far there? And item, looking pretty far ahead, of course, but still, well, just what was Glenn Tropile going to do about providing a new sun for Earth when the old one wore out and there were no more pyramids to tend the fire? He sought refuge with someone who would understand him, that he was pleased to realize was easy he had come to know several persons extremely well loneliness the tortured loneliness of his youth was permanently behind him definitely for example he could seek out hendel who would understand everything very well hendel said it is a bit of a letdown i suppose well hell with it that's life he laughed grimly now that we've got rid of the pyramids there's plenty of other work to be done man we can breathe now we can plan ahead this planet has maundered along in its stupid rutted bogged down course too many years already eh it's time we took over and we'll be doing it i promise you you know tropile he snickered i only regret one thing what's that tropile asked cautiously all those weapons out of reach oh i'm not blaming you but you can see what a lot of trouble it's going to be now stocking up all over again and there isn't much we can do about bringing order to this tired old world is there until we've got guns to do it with again tropile left him much sooner than he had planned citizen germain then the man had fought well if nothing else Tropile went to find him, and, for a moment at least, it was very good. Germain said, I've been doing a lot of thinking, Tropile. I'm glad you're here. He sent his wife for refreshments, and decorously she brought them in, waited for exactly one minute, and then absented herself. Tropile burst into speech as soon as she left. I'm beginning to realize what has happened to the human race, Germain. I don't mean just now, when we licked the pyramids and so on. No, I mean hundreds of years ago, what happened when the pyramids arrived, and what is happening since. Did you ever hear of the Indians, Germain? Germain frowned minutely and shrugged. They were, oh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. They were a different color and not very civilized. Of course, nobody was then. But the Indians were nomads, herdsmen, hunters, like that. And the white people came from Europe and wanted this country for themselves. So they took it. And do you know something? I don't think the Indians ever knew what hit them. They didn't know about land grants and claiming territory for the crown and the church missions and expanding populations. They didn't have those things. It's true that they learned pretty well, by and by, at least they learned things like guns and horses and firewater. They didn't have those things either. But they could see some sense to them, you know. And I really don't think the Indians ever knew exactly what the Europeans were up to, until it was too late to matter. 
and it was the same with us in the pyramids only more so what the devil did they want i mean yes we found out what they did with the translated people but what were they up to what did they think did they think you know i've got kind of a crazy idea maybe it's not crazy maybe it's the truth anyway i've been thinking suppose even the pyramids weren't the pyramids we never talked to one of them we never gave it a rorschach or tested its knee jerks we licked them and we don't know anything about them we didn't even know if they were the guys that started the whole bloody thing or if they were just sort of supersized components themselves do we and meanwhile here's the human race up against something that it not only can't understand same as the indians couldn't the whites but that it can't begin to make a guess about at least the indians had a clue now and then you know i mean they'd see the sailors get off the great white devil ships making a beeline for the indian women and so on and they'd begin to understand that there was something in common but we don't have that much so what did we do why we did like the reservation indians we turned inward we got loaded on firewater meditation and we closed our minds to the possibility of ever expanding again and there we were all tied up in our own knots most of the race rebelled against action because it had proved useless citizens a few of the race rebelled against that because it was not only useless but deliberately useless wolves but they're the same kind of people you've seen that for yourself right and tropile stopped suddenly aware that citizen germain was looking tepidly pained what's the matter tropile demanded harshly citizen germain gave him the faint deprecatory quirked smile i know you thought you were a wolf but i told you i've been thinking a lot and that's what i was thinking about truly citizen you do yourself no good by pretending that you really thought you were a wolf clearly you were not the rest of us might have been fooled but certainly you couldn't fool yourself now here's what i think you ought to do when i found you were coming i asked several rather well-known citizens to come here later this evening there won't be any embarrassment i only want you to talk to them and set the record straight so that this terrible blemish will no longer be held against you times change and perhaps a certain latitude is advisable now but certainly you don't want tropile also left citizen germain sooner than he expected to there remained alanarova but queerly she was not to be found instantly it became clear to tropile that it was she above all whom he needed to talk to he remembered the shared beauty of their plunging drives through the neuronic guides of the pyramids the linked and inexorable flow of their thoughts and of their most hidden feelings she could not be very far he thought numbly cursing the blindness of his human eyes the narrowness of his human senses time was when two worlds could not have hidden her from him he walked from place to place with the angry resentful tread of one used to riding no to flying or faster than flying he asked after her he searched and at last he found not her a note at one of the stations where the reawakened components were funneled back into human affairs there was a letter waiting for him i'm sure you will look for me please don't you thought that there were no secrets between us 
but there was one when i was translated i was sixty-one years old two years before that i was caught in a collapsing building my legs are useless and i have grown quite fat i do not want you to see me fat and old Alanarova. and that was that and at last glenn tropile turned to the last person of all those on his list who had known him well her name was gala tropile she had got thinner he observed they sat together quietly and there was considerable awkwardness but then he noticed that she was weeping comforting her ended the awkwardness and he found that he was talking it was like being a god gala i swear there's no feeling like it i mean it's like well maybe if you just had a baby and invented fire and moved a mountain and transmuted lead into gold maybe if you'd done all those things then you might have some idea but i was everywhere at once gala i could do anything i fought the whole world of pyramids do you realize that me and now i've come back to he stopped her in time it seemed she was about to weep again he went on no gala don't misunderstand i don't hold anything against you you were right to leave me in the field what did i have to offer you or myself for that matter and i don't know that i have anything now but he slammed his fist against the table they're talking about putting the earth back in its orbit why and how my god gala we don't know where we are maybe we could tinker up the gadgets the pyramids used and turn our course backward but do you know what old soul looks like i don't i never saw it and neither did you or anyone else alive it was like being a god and they are talking about going back to things as they were i'm sick of that kind of thinking wolves or citizens they're dead on their feet and don't know it i suppose they'll snap out of it in time but i can't wait i won't live that long unless he paused and looked at her confused gala tropile met her husband's eyes unless what glenn he shrugged and turned away unless you go back you mean he stared at her she nodded you want to go back she said without stress you don't want to stay here with me do you you want to go back into that tub of soup again and float like a baby you don't want to have babies you want to be one gala you don't understand we can own the universe i mean mankind can and i can do it why not there's nothing for me that's right glenn there's nothing for you here not any more he opened his mouth to speak looked at her spread his hands helplessly he didn't look back as he walked out the door but he knew that his back was turned not only on the woman who happened to be his wife but on mankind and all the flesh it was night outside and warm tropile stood in the old street surrounded by the low battered houses and he could make them new and grand he looked up at the stars that swung in constellations too new and changeable to have names there was the universe words were no good there was no explaining things in words naturally he couldn't make gala or anyone else understand for flesh couldn't grasp the reality of mind and spirit that were liberated from flesh babies a home and the whole grubby animal business of eating and drinking and sleeping how could anyone ask to stay in the mire when the stars challenged overhead 
he walked slowly down the street alone in the night an apprentice godling renouncing mortality there was nothing here for him so why this sense of loss duty said or was it pride someone must give up the flesh to control earth's orbit and weather why not you flesh said or was it his soul whatever that was but you will be alone he stopped and for a moment he was poised between destiny and the dust until he became aware of footsteps behind him running and gallus voice wait wait glenn i want to go with you and then he turned and waited but only until she caught up and then he went on but not forever and always again not alone the end of wolfbane by frederick pole and c m cornbluth